I just don't know what we have to do to make these government interlopers happy. They tell us to make a safer cigarette, we do it, and then suddenly, that's not good enough. Might as well be living in Russia. Hmm. Damn straight. <coughs> 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 Hello and welcome to Wooden Teeth, a podcast about politics, policy, and health. I'm your host, Jake Williams, and I'm also here with a co-host for this episode, my colleague, Kyle Piccola. Hi, Kyle. Hi, Jake. Thanks for having me. Kyle asked me to tell him if, if he sounds stupid on this podcast, and I got to say, so far, you sound wonderful. Awesome. I've been told I have a good radio voice. You do. You're going to outshine me here. So that clip we opened the pod with is from the TV series Mad Men because I kept thinking about that particular episode, the one in which Don Draper pitches Lucky Strike as I was doing the research for this pod. In that Mad Men episode, Lucky Strike is trying to present their product as healthier and different from other products. And that's been an interest of the tobacco companies for decades. These days, we see that interest and strategy manifested in the flood of nicotine vaping products in the U.S., and it's the same interest that's led the tobacco industry to introduce a new product that uh, an American audience probably isn't familiar with, at least not yet. On today's pod, we're focusing on so-called heat-not-burn tobacco products and how they've made their way over to us from a place that usually gives us cool stuff, but this time not so much, Japan. These products use real tobacco, but they don't fully combust like cigarettes. They instead use a battery to warm the tobacco and produce an aerosol to inhale. When we were prepping for this podcast, Jake, I was really surprised to learn that tobacco was so big in Japan. Uh, so was I, honestly. I mean, uh, it has a reputation uh, for being a really healthy country. It has the longest life expectancy in the world. And they have a unique history with tobacco that guided the developments of this heat not burn product. So why don't you tell us why we got into this topic in the first place? Yeah, it has to do with the vacation of mine, actually. Uh, last year, I got to take a little sabbatical for my job here at Healthier Colorado, and I spent much of it in Japan. And while I was there, I was struck by both how many people smoked and by the prevalence of these heat not burn devices. So being the public health nerd that I am, I decided to do a little research, including interviewing Dr. Reiko Sato. She is one of Japan's foremost public campaigners on tobacco control, and you're gonna hear some clips from her during the pod. So you worked on your sabbatical? Yeah, but I enjoyed it. I, you know, I, I, I enjoyed discovering new things. All right. Just for the record, I will not be working if I ever get to take one. I Jake. don't expect you to. I don't expect you to. So how smoky is it in Japan? There's secondhand smoke in a lot of places that we're not used to uh, here in the U.S. They have smoking and non-smoking sections in restaurants, even in fast food places. Like there's this chain called Moe's Burger, for example, which is like McDonald's, but even better. And uh, they have smoking sections in those. But this year, that's going to change in Tokyo. Uh, here's a clip from my interview with Dr. Sato. Uh, but you'll be hearing from her colleague, Dr. Toru Mori, who helped out with the translation. Currently, uh, there are many restaurants allowing uh, client to smoke uh -huh. inside a restaurant. Uh, it is annoying to other uh, clients, but at the same time, it may uh, uh, harm 
uh, the workers, yeah. uh, wait, waitresses and yeah. waiters. So in these new regulations, uh, workers could be similarly protected okay. uh, by uh, no smoking regulations. Mm -hmm. Did the government uh, time this law intentionally to uh, enforce regulations before the Olympics came? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's a very uh, important reason, uh, cause for Japanese government to decide positively. Hmm. Did advocates for this law and use the idea of the Olympics coming yes. as a way to yes. encourage the government? Yes, yes. yes. And but it worked. It's very important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine walking into a McDonald's here in Colorado and it smelling like smoke. It seems interesting to me that Japan is so far behind on this issue and, and we've managed to get ahead of it. I, w I wonder why that is. Yeah, I mean, my kids were pretty shocked. I've, of course, like brainwashed them on smoking and vaping and, and, and the rest. Um, and they were shocked when we went into Mosberger and they saw you could smoke. And so you're in this environment in which you can get um, your burger wrapped in lettuce, but at the same time, you can um, inhale secondhand smoke uh, along the way. Mm. So they've managed to pass these regulations in Tokyo. So if I want to go out to eat, I should go out to eat in Tokyo. But if I were to travel anywhere else in the country, it might not be the case. Well, you should eat anywhere in Japan, just for the, <laughs> for the record. It's, it's awesome everywhere. Uh, but yeah, outside Tokyo, um, especially in non-urban places, um, these regulations um, haven't been passed. The Japanese parliament, right around the same time that uh, Tokyo was uh, passing these regulations, the Japanese parliament was also working on regulations, but they got watered down in the process. Uh, there was even an instance in which um, a uh, cancer patient who was testifying um, about the dangers of secondhand smoke was openly chided uh, by a member of parliament. There was a lot of hostility uh, to these regulations at the national level. They got watered down. Therefore, outside Tokyo, you don't see the same types of protections. Some other larger municipalities um, have passed similar protections, but they're by no means uniform throughout the country. So I want to ask you more about the devices, but I think I need to, to back up. Help me understand why tobacco use is so prevalent in the first place. A greater proportion of Japanese people smoke than Americans do. That's interesting to me. Why? Well, imagine if the U.S. Um, government owned the nation's largest tobacco company and depended upon it for the revenue. It, it would have been much, much harder for us to enforce the regulations and taxes that we use here in the U.S. to get people to stop smoking. But uh, this has actually been the reality, the situation in Japan. It goes back um, a long ways, uh, all the way back to 1904, the Japanese government executed a complete takeover of all tobacco businesses in the nation. And at least part of the reason they did it was to help fund a war they were fighting at the time with the Russians. But uh, by also kicking out all foreign tobacco interests, they protected the domestic tobacco business uh, for what ended up being over 80 years. The Japanese Ministry of Finance ran the tobacco monopoly up until 1949 when, during the American occupation after the war, 
they established the Japan Tobacco and Salt Public Corporation, which was still directly controlled by the Ministry of Finance. And it stayed that way all the way up until 1985, when they finally turned it into a publicly traded company called Japan Tobacco Inc. So today, a variety of shareholders own it instead of the government? Not exactly. The government owned a majority of the stock all the way up till 2013. And even then, their share was just reduced to 50%. They had to sell some stock along the way to cover the costs of some national emergencies like the 2011 earthquake and tsunami. Uh, today, the government is still required by law to own at least one third of JT stock. How big is JT stock? Pretty, pretty darn big. It's a Fortune 500 company with a market cap of over $41 billion. And wow. they don't just sell products in Japan. JT has an international division called JT International. It's headquartered in Geneva, and they sell tobacco products around the world. Uh, for example, they acquired the rights to sell camels and Winstons and Salem's outside the US. So you've got this giant corporation selling tobacco products that's intertwined with the government, and it sounds like this has slowed the march of the type of regulation we've seen here in the U.S. So how many people still smoke in Japan? About 28% of men and 9% of women. Smoking is still really popular with men, but it's come way down from its peak in 1966 when about 84% of men smoked. Wow, that's huge. How did the Japanese achieve the declines in usage they've managed so far? Well, they have passed some restrictions before this one, but they didn't proceed in the way that we did here in the U.S. Instead of going inside out, they went outside in. And what I mean by that is where we stop people from smoking indoors, they actually began by stopping people smoking outdoors. You'll almost never see people walking down the street in Japan and smoking in part because they banned it. If you walk down the street in Tokyo, you'll see signs printed on the sidewalk that say, do not walk and smoke. And oddly, they didn't pass these rules because of the smoke per se. It was more about the dangers of a lit cigarette, like grazing the face of a child or the cigarette starting a fire. So they blame the kids. Well, as you'll hear, um, they really um, value um children in Japan and, and their education. And uh, yeah, it seems like, um, you know, arguments in, involving children really seem to carry the day in Japanese politics. But meanwhile, they still have cigarette machines everywhere. Uh, but now they have to use an age verified card that you can obtain um, that you have to stick into the machine in order to buy cigarettes. It's, it's also important to understand that Japanese people, and this is according to the Japanese people I interviewed, it's not my own opinion follow rules much better than we do here in the U.S. I was pretty struck by an anecdote that uh, Dr. Sato shared about getting people to stop smoking at her neighborhood playground. In this clip, you're going to hear from Dr. Toru Mori, a colleague of Dr. Sato's, who again was helping with translation and some cultural understanding. He's describing what happened when Dr. Sato decided to remove the ashtrays from her neighborhood playground. There, there used to be uh, ashtray like here. Yeah. Now it's removed. <laughs> so what happened? What happened when the ashtrays were removed? Did people get mad? <laughs> uh, no people uh, smoke in the park uh, near the children. Well, right. But was there opposition uh, to her removing the ashtrays? I mean, did people get 
mad that she came in and, and, and uh, Japanese people in general uh, not so aggressive <laughs> so when there is no smoke yeah. they may understand that oh smoking is uh, uh, prohibited here okay so uh, in a way uh, Japanese people are a uh, little bit uh, obedient mm -hmm. uh, to the uh, uh, official regulations Okay. So that when uh, it is said that smoking is prohibited here, they generally they uh, obey uh, these regulations. Well, I noticed that when I try to cross the street and I um, am looking for the signal, the, the red or the green signal, and the signal is red, and it could be late at night and there are no cars, there are no <laughs> bicycles, no pedestrians. <laughs> Japanese people do not cross the street when there is a red signal, no matter what. And I've never seen that in any country. Um, is, that, is that typical? Especially when there is uh, children nearby. Okay. Uh, we uh, try to be a kind of model, good model uh, to children, oh, so right. that we uh, wait for the uh, uh -huh. change of signal. Okay, <laughs> all right. Education. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. <laughs>
for tobacco products and a relatively permissive culture supported by a government with strong ties to the tobacco industry. But you can't fill the decline in leaf tobacco use with nicotine vaping like you see here in the U.S. And so in steps these products. Here's more from Dr. Sato and Dr. Mori on this. So one of the reasons why uh, ICOS or heat knock brand uh, tobacco oil uh, is uh, popular in Japan is uh, partly due to such a kind of uh, uh, propaganda, yeah. uh, showing that the uh, content of uh, harmful uh, components uh, is reduced to uh, 10% of the uh, normal tobacco. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the propaganda of the uh, JT or manufacturers. Mm -hmm. We are, we are uh, strongly against to this kind of uh, uh, advertising activities. So going back to the very first clip we played from Mad Men, it seems to me that there is a trend in uh, tobacco marketing where for decades they've been trying to market it as this is a safer, more healthy option for you. So why not do it? Right. And I'm sure that if they could make a healthier product, they would, because it would probably enable them to sell more products. But you can't escape that the common element with all these products is that they have nicotine, which is the trick to getting people hooked and thus, you know, getting them sold in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we can have a argument about, you know, how much more or less healthy one product is from the next, but it's inescapable that one, they're all addictive, and two, they all have other negative health impacts, even though arguably some might be, you know, more or less than others. Yeah. Well, and Dr. Mori talked about in that past clip, the propaganda coming at Japanese citizens. Um, is that all Japan tobacco that's selling these products? Yeah, Japan uh, Tobacco sells these products, but there's actually a competition when it comes to heat not burn in Japan between Japan Tobacco, who sells Plume Tech, it's called, and RJ Reynolds, an American company who sells Icos, which is I-Q-O-S. Uh, and there's been a really strong demand from the start. RJ started selling in 2014, and then when Japan Tobacco made an introductory test release of Plume Tech in Fukuoka, uh, which is in uh, southwest Japan, back in 2016, they actually had to temporarily suspend shipments because they couldn't keep up with demand. Today, uh, heat not burn products are sold in other markets beyond Japan, uh, but over 90% of their sales occur within Japan. Wow, that's fascinating. Why don't I see these heat not burn products here in the United States? Oh, they have hit our shores already, but I should probably um, be more precise here. I need to further articulate who exactly is responsible for this idea. Japan didn't invent heat not burn. They just took a, a crappy American idea and made it more appealing. The first heat not burn device was actually released by RJ Reynolds here in the US back in 1988, but it was a flop. Um, RJR's CEO, F. Ross Johnson, said it, quote, tastes like shit and smells like a fart. 
they keep it classy in the halls of big tobacco. Uh, he went further in saying that, quote, we spent $350 million and we ended up with a turd with a tip. So not quite an endorsement for the no, product. No, it didn't, it didn't work out for them. And then after that, uh, there were some more false starts by Philip Morris, both in the U.S. and Japan. But now it looks like the industry has figured out how to make these products appealing in Japan. And yes, they have arrived in the U.S. Uh, just last year, in April of 2019, the FDA approved Philip Morris's application for ICOS. Again, that's the same product uh, sold in Japan. Uh, Philip Morris is a subsidiary of Altria. Uh, they started selling it in October of 2019 in Atlanta, which is their first test market. Hmm. So how do these things work? What do they look like? How, how would I know someone's using them? So most of them have a core device that is generally shaped like a regular cigarette, though a little bit bigger. Uh, Icos comes with a tobacco stick and you stick that uh, tobacco stick into a holder, uh, which again, looks like an oversized cigarette. And then there's a charger that comes with it, uh, which looks somewhat like uh, a cigarette pack uh, into which you can uh, put, the, put the holder to recharge. Uh, the battery powered system that heats up the tobacco makes an aerosol. That aerosol contains nicotine and other chemicals and substances like tar. Um, and then the user inhales all of that stuff. And even though, uh, even though the tobacco doesn't fully combust like a cigarette does, there's still a small amount of smoke that emanates from the device. So again, it sounds like the basic proposition for these products are that, yeah, sure, they contain bad stuff, but less bad stuff than a regular cigarette does. Yeah, I and mean, that's basically what the FDA said uh, when they approved the ICOS application. So Altria has gotten this product approved in the United States by the FDA, and they also recently bought a big stake in Juul, which I find interesting. So they're placing multiple bets on nicotine products beyond cigarettes. Yeah, and I assume they'll push this like they do Juul as a cessation product that's less bad for you, etc. Even though it's still fundamentally an addictive nicotine product that, that still poses health risks. Uh, a 2018 Public Health England study, for example, found that the health risks associated with these products, these heat not burn products, were less severe than regular cigarettes, but actually more severe than e-cigarettes. And, you know, I was thinking more about uh, what wrinkle they'll throw into the marketing. And again, I thought about that Mad Men episode. Let's listen to a clip. We breed insect repellent tobacco seeds, plant them in the North Carolina sunshine, grow it, cut it, cure it, Toast it. There you go. There you go. But everybody else's tobacco is toasted. No, everybody else's tobacco is poisonous. Lucky Strikes is toasted. Kyle, heat not burn products are toasted. They contain all natural tobacco, not that artificial chemical stuff you find in vapes. So it's not poison? No, no. God, no. No, this is stuff that's grown from the earth, this lightly toasted and then mixed with chemicals, <laughs> put into an aerosol and then straight into your mouth. Yeah. I, it reminds me of um, the air fresheners that my Nana uses around her house that heat up and melt of the wax. I can't help but picturing that and like sniffing it and smoking tobacco at the same time. Yeah, you just put that to your face and inhale <laughs> deeply. 
Okay, I think that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us on Wooden Teeth. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss what we get up to. And please rate us. It would really help us get the word out. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Jake. Thank you. Hey, good job. You didn't sound stupid. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>